episode number 132. Are you sure? Yep. It says new recording 99. Yeah, uh, well. 69. Well, that's happening. We're on the road again. Once again, yet again. Where are we going? Where are we going, Eric? Oh, uh, we're going to uh, the old Blackwater Draw in Bryan, Texas. Good friend Chris Steele. Might see him for a minute before he goes over to Albanans. Albanans Tap House. Tap House. Are you kidding me? Playing there in a few weeks as well. We are, yeah, sorry. Anniversary. Yeah, oh, anniversary. At theirs. With the old blackguards. Ashram. Uh, what else is new? <laughs> traffic? Can you get any traffic out of here? Let's see. Traffic? Yeah. Look. 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 Why am I doing all the fucking talking? <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. This is cool. I got nothing. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so by the time this episode comes out, I think we will have announced the vinyl pre-orders. Release cool. information on when and where that's going to be. I um, like the sound of that. We will be accepting pre-orders on site at the CD release party this weekend at... Um, at the Continental Club in Houston. Saturday night. Saturday night. So, and you, there, there's an exclusive deal we got. If you if you sign up for the pre-order at the show, there's a limited edition poster designed by Vicente, the fellow who designed the album cover himself. He, who, who, who will, well, it's a secret. It's a secret. He, he will be there to sign the posters, as we will as well. But you, you will get this exclusive poster handed to you. It's a little bit of road rage here. You'll be able to get this exclusive poster that day. Uh, as far as the vinyl itself, <laughs> we'll take another couple months probably before we have it in hand. But anyway, yeah. So we're finally ready to move on that. It's something to look forward to, kids. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait. So. So the CD release party is Saturday, August 21st at the Commodore Club. Yep. With Jeffrey Aloysius Duncan. On the fiddle, and maybe a few other guests. Yes, yes, yeah. know. No, no. Yeah. You know, I mean, the ghost of Michael Jackson shows up. That skinny fuck. But I know that I'll be there. Chad will be there. Patrick will be there. Great, wonderful staff to come out of the club, serve him cold drinks. And uh, tickets are still available, I believe. Yeah. Online and at the door. Yes. Yeah, so today, Tuesday, I would go today. And uh, get your tickets because there there is a chance that this thing might sell out, and they're going to um, they are going to shut the doors when when it's when it gets past. It's uh, it's going well right now. So Tuesday, Wednesday, you've got a couple of days, but I would uh, I would get them now. And make sure that you're uh, make sure you're in there. <laughs> what did you tell? What <laughs> did you hear any of that? Did anybody hear any of that? What we just said. Because the phone is upside down, I have my finger over the hole. Oh, no! Oh. <laughs> again? No, no, not, not that hole. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. I'll start again. No, I'll start over the power hole, <laughs> which is known as the 19th hole for some places. So, I know we've talked about this before, but does, does it surprise you anymore that vinyl is still still a thing in this day and age? No, not at all. Yeah. If you listen to it, you know. If you don't listen to it, you don't. Well, I think I think I think what surprises me more is that people 
like my brother's age, he's just turned 24. He's never known a world where, you know, record stores, will, every record store is full of vinyl. You know, he didn't grow up with it the same way that we did. And I, I but he, he collects vinyl. It's something he's gotten into as an adult. Um, and I think that's just kind of amazing. It's not just the fact that people like us are still into it. There's still a lot of young kids who are, who are collecting vinyl. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. got records for her birthday. And a record player. What's that? She got a re- she got records and a record player for her birthday. Oh, cool. She was 21. Yeah. So, yeah, just like your brother. The kids, they like the vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, and the latex. Yeah. And why? Washable. Yeah. Um, we were talking about Quinn Bishop a few minutes ago, the, the owner of uh, Cactus Cactus Music here in, here in Houston. The, I think, the longest-standing uh, independent record store in Houston at the moment. Probably forever. <laughs> There's no chance anybody's going to surpass that now. Um, there, I saw a talk that he gave uh, several years ago where he was talking about, it's on YouTube, where he's talking about that his, his theory is that, you know, it's, it's finding places that, that manufacture vinyl now is kind of challenging. So that it is a really, it's a tough, expensive process um, maintaining the machines, not just brushing the records themselves, but maintaining these old machines. Is, is, is uh, an endeavor unto itself. But his, his theory is like, we, we probably, you know, there's a certain amount of people who buy, buy vinyl now. We might even have more people buying them if it was easier to print them. <laughs> it's sort of this catch-22 thing that production, I think, went down initially because sales went down. But now that sales are going up again, it's kind of hard to, to beat the demand, I guess. Well, they didn't make vinyl for the longest time, did they? they physically stopped making it? I don't know if it ever completely stopped altogether. Did it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. But obviously there are a lot of record plants that shut down, I guess, between between now and the late 80s or something, whenever they started. Yeah, when I used to go visit record shops, I would see the vinyl still in there, but I can't recall if there was any new ones. Yeah. Or if it was just all the old stuff. But but, uh, uh, Cactus has the best... Cactus, of course, at six, but that, yeah. the largest selection of uh, of vinyl. Yeah, and uh, so that's not only is our record in there, but we're going to have our vinyl in there. If uh, we're only doing a limited run of these vinyl records as well, so uh, yeah, that's what's that's why it's important you pre-order as soon as you can. Yep, we don't know how long they're going to last. When they're gone, they're gone. People, right. be dialing one eight hundred blackguards. One nine hundred blaggers if you want to get saucy. Yeah, I was just in Cactus the other day, and their their vinyl they had that whole separate room called the Record Ranch, which was dedicated to vinyl. It's it's now like creeping into the other half of the store because they don't have enough room. That's why Thomas at Six kind of did away with CDs. Yeah, it's mostly yeah ninety ninety percent probably records in the store now. Yeah, downstairs and upstairs. There's a demand for them, and people are digging them. Yeah, I, I really can't put my finger on that why, but. Well, it sounds great. You know, we we, we uh, listened to the test that they'd sent us for our CD, or excuse me, our record. Yeah. And it was, uh, the, the the quality is just so much, it's so different. Yeah, it's completely different. But it's so warm, and it's still, somebody somebody said the other day, they said, but doesn't it crackle and hiss a little bit? Yeah, but it's still it's still part of the, the experience. And of course, it, yeah. a lot of nostalgia in there, us old people. Clean your needle. Yeah. It's just another show. No, that's the no, that's the oh, this vinyl. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, yes, I got you. 
was there a period in like from the late eighties up until now that you had stopped buying vinyl and then started again? Do you remember? Yeah, when CDs basically came in full force, I just started buying CDs. Yeah. Joined the Columbia House CD Club and the rest is history. Yeah. I, I left all mine in Ireland and my mother kept them, thankfully, and sent them over with people eventually. Get this shit out of here. And she, so I, I was lucky to get a lot of them back. But uh, yeah, there was no way. I, I didn't even have a record player until three birthdays ago. I got one for my birthday and it's just it's just such a wonderful wonderful listening experience mm-hmm. it's yeah. true um, I remember I stopped buying them when it was in the late 80s when they stopped putting a lot of effort into the packaging at that point because they were trying to get people to buy the CDs which of course were more expensive so like you buy a new album and there would be no liner notes no lyrics or anything it'd just be like a plain white sleeve when you opened it up while the CD would come with a whole booklet Sure. And everything and that's I started getting annoyed with that that's when I stopped actually buying vinyl back then but I was, remember being surprised the, the reason why I was still buying vinyl at that point is because I didn't have a CD player but when vinyl started having a resurgence I, I, which probably started in the late 90s I remember seeing it in the stores again and I remember being surprised like because I was to me at the time when, when CDs first came in it was it was cool to me like having a medium that you didn't have to worry about getting scratched quite as much like you know it was a little harder to, to skip the record you know if you're listening to it and dancing around or whatever yeah. and then we're in the car you know, obviously you could listen to LPs in the car yeah <laughs> so I remember going I remember thinking at first like what what why why are we going back to vinyl again but I, of course I understand now but it's it's a uh, it's kind of incredible to me that at, at first what seemed to be kind of a kitschy you know, like a fad, retro kind of uh, sentimental thing, has now completely taken on a life of its own. As we're saying, with with kids who don't, who didn't even grow up with it. You know, so clearly it's got something more to it than one. Well, and for older folks like us, if we had, we had bought a record on. Oh shit! Oh shit! Here we go. Are we okay? Yeah. Uh, crazy. Uh, you bought a record on CD, and now you see the reissue on vinyl. You're like, well, I guess I'll go buy that. Like I did, you know, when we were in Omaha, I went out. I have that Matthew Sweet CD, but I bought the the vinyl record as well. So yeah, double dipping over there at Zoo Entertainment. <laughs> that's that's okay. Yeah, it's nice to hear the difference. It's nice to hear the comparison. And the, the other thing that's nice about being on the road like that is you're able to take all the shit home when you fly. There's no, uh, you know, everything that you get. You know, you, you, you've got to keep your luggage small and your mm-hmm. thing. It's just, uh, yeah, throw it in the van. we got we got room. Exactly. Like that. So what's that? So this is back to present day. This is now we're going back in time to a time they call Friday. Blackwater Draw Day. What's your, what do you do? Do you have any rituals? Do you have anything that you have to do before a show? Besides shower and the usual stuff. Eric? I always set up the same way. Like, it all starts the same way. And I, sometimes I feel weird if I do it differently. I don't feel weird. It doesn't affect the show. But, I mean, I even ask my, my drummer friends, I go, is it more ritual or is it more, uh, you know, uh, more, uh, uh, you know, uh, sort of, which is or something like, uh, fuck, that's what I want. Come back to me later. I'll think of it. Yeah, yeah. Chad? <laughs> 
Are we talking about as we're setting up at the show or just anything, anything in the routine? The show. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, all, all the things, just making sure I've got everything in place. I've, I've, I've established a routine now where I don't, you know, I have like two sets of cables. And, you know, I try to be really good about making sure my microphone goes back in my gig bag if I have to take it out for some reason during the week. Um, charging my in-ears, which I usually do the night before the show. That type of thing. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, shower, shave, all that kind of stuff. I'd like to, like today, I'd squeeze in a, an exercise or going to the gym right at the last minute, which I had been doing for a while, and I stopped. You know, getting back into it, which definitely is important. Um, yeah, I don't know. And when, at, at the actual show, I just kind of go into autopilot, uh, setting things up, and I. I I enjoy that part of the job, but I don't. I don't like it when we have we go to shows where we have time. There's like hours in between setting up and playing, or, or getting there and actually being able to set up, and it's incredibly aggravating. <laughs> Waiting is the hardest part. Yeah. So. But it's not that. I just like getting straight to work. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I I need to I need to have the same. I, I I've been accused of being in work mode the day of a show mm-hmm. and it's I, I do get very sullen very uh, very focused and I uh, always feel like I need to run on the day today we're playing inside but it's technically outside because there won't be a lot of air conditioning a lot of air movement well we'll be pushing a lot of air but so uh, so yeah it's, it's difficult for me not to run on a day like today um, even though we will be technically outside in the 95-ish degree heat. Um, but like the, the, once we get to the show, it's it's game on. I, I do like the ritual of setting up and clearing the, clear, you know, having the stage set nice so it's not, you know, it's not, not tripping over stuff. And, yeah. Uh, we... We rehearsed this week, this past week, which is unusual for us, and uh, we created a new scene on our digital board, meaning we're essentially starting from zero tonight when we go to the to the club. So we're going to go in there with a. Uh, it's going to be interesting to hear the hear the difference in sound. Yeah. Now, so we're we just the last setting the last board setting seemed to have got very washed out mm-hmm. everything every channel everybody's microphone everybody's amplifier everybody's uh, sound was just getting washy blurrier you know there was no definition yeah so we started it again to, to kind of zero out the board and to start again from with a yeah. clean with a clean slate. That's essentially exactly. What so we're tonight we're gonna tonight we're gonna have a very interesting. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, the water's getting tired of our bullshit. I think so. <laughs> yeah. It's getting bored we'll with us. It. We can fix it. And for those those of you who don't know what we're talking about, when we talk about zeroing out the board, it means that we're setting the EQ and levels, everything, volume levels, EQ meaning treble, mid range, low you know low range bass bass frequencies and stuff, back to their default settings which is usually right right at noon uh, on the dial 
so and the volume kind of down if there's you know every every track has its own fader so we've had we've been kind of working off the same scene these this is a digital board where you can save different it's as if you have like multiple different soundboards with different settings and you can set save it in different positions so theoretically you know you could have a different scene for every single venue you go to but we've met, we that was kind of what we intended to do when we first started using this board but it didn't actually it turned out to be quite necessary to have that many different scenes and it's also kind of a makes it kind of confusing too so we've wound up using the same scene that we just keep tweaking every time so we had a our board was basically had, had just piles and piles of, of incremental changes that we didn't remember making from one night to the next uh, whether it be EQ or like impression um, sometimes a noise gate or a reverb all these different things so there was an immediate difference when Patrick and I zeroed out the board last night and, and it was immediately noticeable uh, how much clearer everything was and punchier too so we, we worked on our vocals a little bit and then our uh, guitar and bass after that uh, so it was, it was not done we're going to have to do a little bit more tweaking today before the show but it'll be it'll be uh, educational excellent and uh, as far as as far as tonight goes so tonight's our last uh, tonight and tomorrow are our last nights for a while with the uh, with our sound because we'll be at the Continental Club for the CD release party on August 21st yes but um, so then uh, I think are we down to Woody's after that Woody's yeah huh yep that's right well good Um, so what we're going to do is I'm going to take the gear apart and uh, give it a good little enema so then we'll we'll take it back down to so we'll probably load in load you know we'll we'll, uh, stack the gear after the humble show and then we'll uh, take it down for the for the woodies down on the beach sure. so it, it is going to be there is going to be a noticeable difference and uh, we've been adding some new songs uh, to the to the repertoire and uh, so hope you, hopefully you come out and see them because uh, I think they sound pretty good looking yeah. forward to looking forward to hearing what you think about them exactly. alright so so there you have it final CD release posters R. Kelly <laughs> and uh what we call it is the, the uh, halfway to St. Patty's Day tour next month that's what we're gonna call it yeah St. Patty's Day tour starting on September 16th yeah in Dallas halfway fucking yeah. Texas yes just added a new date in Canton, Ohio in Canton get all the tour dates out to everybody real quick yeah. and start making your plans to come and see us yeah. Tell your friends wherever we go. Yeah. Here we go. Don't go changing. All right.